0: All right, so, um, can you tell me something I really didn't need to know? Hey, Mom, tell me something I didn't need to know. So how about let's learn something we really
1: don't need to know? Are you ready to do this? I'm always ready. You're always ready. That's what you always say. I'm always ready. I am always ready.
2: You're just the ready kind of girl. I am ready and responsible and prepared, yes. Let's do this.
1: Ready, responsible, and prepared—is that what you said? Yeah. You are um, always ready, and you are generally very, very prepared. I will agree with that. Two out of three ain't bad.
2: Two out of three. Hey, three my boss bad. told me I'm responsible. She doesn't know you like I do. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Good morning. Good afternoon. Whatever it is with you. Welcome to tell me something I didn't need to know. I am Mary Swartz. I'm Hannah Green. Woohoo! Yay! We're here again. In your ear hole. <laughs> <The> ear hole? <laughs> that was awesome. I like
1: that one. We are in your ear. We're like an earwig. <laughs> <laughs> oh holy shit in your ear hole. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How are you today, Mary?
1: <laughs> I'm pretty damn glad.
2: I'm glad to hear that.
1: I'm not in your ear hole though.
2: No, you're next to me.
1: I don't. That's right. This is telling me something I didn't
2: need to know. Thanks for
1: showing. totally lost my track of thought with Hannah's in your ear hole.
2: <clears throat> because
1: Sorry. for some reason I found that extraordinarily amusing.
2: I'm glad I can amuse you.
1: You frequently do. You frequently do.
2: I believe, as your younger sister, that is part of my job responsibility. To entertain me? Yes. Amuse me? Yes. Keep me on my toes? Yes. All right. And also, sometimes... To keep you on track. All right, all right, you do that sometimes. Sweetness.
1: Uh Welcome everybody. Anyway, we kind of—I don't know. Anyway, Mary's completely lost it. I'm—I'm I'm a little lost. Yeah, I've, I've lost it. I lost it. You're lucky I'm even sitting here at the damn table.
2: You do have pants on. I'm—I'm I'm proud of you for that. That's the first for everything. Usually, I
1: just sit here half naked, like we're on a Zoom call. So you just see the top half of me, and the bottom half is naked. Don't stand up.
2: I don't recall that ever happening.
1: I don't stand up.
2: (laughs) Yes, you do. Don't lie. Somehow, I've lost my outline. You've lost your outline. Here, have my outline.
1: I have more. That might be yours.
2: I have no idea. Okay.
1: Um. Alright, so now that we've welcomed everybody, we've introduced ourselves, our phones are off, we've peed, yada yada. Anything new going on in your life today?
2: Hmm, in my life today. Alrighty I'm going, then. I'm going to a concert. Are you? I am. Okay. I'm going to Chicago for a concert yeah. on the 28th. Yeah? I've got tickets to go listen to the Zach Brown Band. The 28th of August? Yeah. That was yesterday. Oh. <laughs> well, the good news is that... I'm on my way back <laughs> from Chicago as you are listening to this. <laughs> and I hope I had an amazing time. <laughs> do you want to start over? No. Okay. Nope. I'll figure out whether to leave
1: that in or take that out when I get there. All right. That was kind of an interesting conversation. Just so in case people didn't know we do pre pre <laughs> Pre-record this episode. This episode is pre-recorded for your entertainment value.
2: It would be real weird if we were doing it live oh, every week. Oh, dear God.
1: I know. Holy shit. I don't know that people could handle that.
2: Probably not.
1: Probably not. All right. Anyway, uh, happy August 29th. Happy Sunday to everybody. Oh, for anybody who listens. Yes. In two days. Two days. It's our sister Lynn's birthday. On Tuesday, the 31st. So. She was here.
2: She visited. She recorded with us. You have heard her voice. So in two days, it's her birthday. So we'll put a little thing and you can all give her a birthday shout out. Hell yeah. Yeah. Birthday shout outs for Lynn. Yeah. I'm making myself a mental note. That looks like a physical note. It's in my head too. Oh, there are a lot of things in your head. Oh, Jesus. there's You have way too many tabs open. <laughs>
1: I know. I freeze up occasionally. <laughs> um, all right. Okay. On the other podcast, our Wednesday morning podcast, Murder, Mischief, and Moscato. On September 8th. Forget it. On. Forget it. <coughs> this is just going to be a blooper episode. Oh, my God. On <laughs> September 1st. We have An Angel Comes to Call, which is the um, extraordinary tale of Angela Marie Samota. Yeah. Um, And then then Hannah covers a story of Hannah Sabata, who dealt with some severe mental disorder. Um, Kind of brings that all to the surface. It does. Um, People that are living with it. I actually just read something today. We, we all know that Robin Williams suffered with depression.
2: Yes. And
1: along with that, I would assume, is some type of mental disorder.
2: Well, he also was actually diagnosed with, uh, I think it's called Lewy body syndrome. Um, and it's sort of a really severe form of Alzheimer's that has some really horrific mental repercussions. I can't even imagine. No. Anyway, I was reading this thing
1: today probably online, about a man who gave us a memory of Robin Williams. His memory came from when he was 9 or 10 years old. At that point in time, he entered a drawing um, where you could communicate directly with Robin Williams and he would write you a letter like every month for a year.
2: Oh, that's really cool.
1: Um, So his family, this young man's family, and he were taking a trip to to Disneyland that, that year. And on the way, he wrote a letter to Robin Williams. Now, what he did not know was that Robin Williams was actually at Disneyland when he and his family went to visit. That's very cool. So when he was introduced, and obviously he was super excited... Um, And he told him that he had written a letter. He hadn't mailed it yet, yada, yada. And he said Robin Williams then reached inside a suit jacket and pulled out a stack of letters, including one that this particular young man had written him and said to this young man, I carry these with me when I travel so that I have something to cheer me up. Oh. Which I found extraordinarily touching. Yeah. That uh, even even with his depression, he... Brought things with him to cheer him up.
2: That's very cool. Yeah.
1: Anyway, the mental disorder kind of brought that to mind.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, another one bites the dust corner on that particular Wednesday is the story of Julian Hansen, who was brutally murdered in 1972. She was a young girl. They, you know, recently... Her Killer, high five to them. We love our Another One Bites the Dust Corner.
2: Absolutely. The
1: following week on the 8th, the 8th for real. I don't know where we got this title from. Bite the Bullet and Shoot a Fish.
2: Because sometimes Mary has a way with words, and sometimes the words just fall out of her mouth. (laughs) Without without passing through the brain first.
1: (laughs) That's a really good explanation. (laughs) That's where that came from. Bite the Bullet and Shoot a Fish. Um, Johanna brings us the story of John DuPont. It was an extraordinary story, in my opinion. I didn't know anything about it. And then we do have another another one, Bites the Dust Corner, with Lisa Marie Purchase, uh, uh, who was murdered in 1983. And hers was recently solved, too. So tune in for those. Check those ones out. Um, we do try to make it slightly entertaining while... Not
2: um, we don't make light of of the crimes, no, or no. of or the, or trage- the victims, the, the tragedies. Victims. Um, we work very, very hard to always focus more on the victim. If we, we do try to make
1: fun of the criminals, though,
2: oh yeah, well criminals are stupid yeah, and they're they are. assholes, so um, they deserve to be made fun of. Hell yeah! But we do try to focus more on the victims than we do on the killer. Or the yeah. perpetrator, if we have enough information to be able to do so. Right. Yeah. Good way to put that. Absolutely. All right. You have a national day for us today? I do have a national day, and this one is a little near and dear to my heart.
1: Does it have to do with wine?
2: No. Alcohol? Chocolate? I mean, technically, in a way, I guess. Coffee? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not interested. Okay. <laughs> okay. August 29th is okay. National Lemon Juice Day. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They have a national day for everything. Probably. Here's the thing. If you are a lemon lover like me, then every day is kind of like national lemon juice day. Because to me, I love, love, love the scent and the flavor of lemon.
1: I love the scent. I do.
2: Oh, my God! I absolutely gosh. do.
1: I actually have lemon um, scent for my oil diffusers.
2: Mm, lovely. Yum. An interesting little tidbit. Uh-huh. If you have a problem in your home with those nasty, icky Japanese beetles that look kind of like weird ladybugs, yeah. take lemon oil on a cotton ball and rub it around your windowsills. They do not like it, and it will keep Oh, them, like where they come in at? Yeah. Okay. And it will keep them out.
1: You have you have That's cool. You
2: have to redo it about once every three or four weeks. But yeah, take a cotton ball, put some lemon oil on it, like a lemon essential oil, and rub it around where they are coming in. I haven't seen any of those this year. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Cool. Um, so lemons originated in the Himalayan mountains millions of years ago. How bizarre is that?
1: I uh, would never have guessed that, honestly.
2: Me either. Also, though, my guess is that the lemons that grew in the Himalayan mountains probably look nothing like the lemons that we think well, of now. Quite possibly, yeah. And they may not have even tasted the same. Today, through evolution and, of course, you know advances in technology, lemons are now grown commercially worldwide. Right. In the U.S., California and Arizona lead all other states in lemon production. Those two states. Those two states. Wow. Okay. Which, when I you do find
1: them all over in Arizona. Oh, I know.
2: I know. Uh, There was at one point a lemon tree in someone's backyard that I knew. The lemons got so big and so heavy, they actually broke one of the branches off the tree. Oh, my God. Yeah, because they do. They get massive if you don't pick them right away. Well, I remember Lynn had one in her backyard. She did.
1: And we used to make lemon chiffon pie all the time with fresh lemons.
2: They are tart, and they are refreshing, and they are a flavor enhancer for almost anything you put them in. You know, um, they add a punch to a boring dish. They pair well with pretty much every kind of hard liquor. Ooh, good thought. Yep. You can pair it with honey to help soothe the throat or a cough. Yep. You can clean pots and windows with them and your garbage disposal. Yep. You can lighten your hair with lemon juice. Ooh. I believe Lynn has done that in the past. You
1: should not give her secrets away. She gets <laughs> upset when, she, when we give her secrets away and how she gets her pretty
2: hair. So... Add a refreshing squeeze of flavor to pretty much anything. And if you want to celebrate, have a glass of lemonade and make your favorite lemon tart. Oh, I love it. Or if you're not a baker, run down to your local bakery, support a local business, and buy something lovely and lemon.
1: Oh, yeah. That's all good ideas. I love lemon so much. All right. August 29th. I went with a National Month. Okay um national crayon collection month oh are you aware that crayons don't decompose when you throw them in the garbage i did know that they never ever 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 go away no they do not but in the hands of young minds they can foster visual learning creativity they can lead to academic achievements but annually over 150 million restaurant Crayons who are given to the young diners eventually end up in landfills. 150 million crayons.
2: That's a lot.
1: Uh, end-to-end, those crayons could span the entire United States three times. Man.
2: Yeah. it's a lot of Which crayons. Which is, I mean, and I
1: never thought about it because when they give you crayons and you, you have a young child, I always assume that they reuse them. And I think some of them do, but yes, some, of some them don't. do some places do. So we always left them on the table. Yeah. Um, So if you think about all the crayons that go into the landfill, $150 and you also think about all the children who live in poverty and whose parents are unable to afford the basic school supplies. Right. Now you have children without crayons. Yeah. And you have crayons that are being thrown away. So by collecting and redistributing crayons, the teachers, I mean, and this helps teachers too, Um, can put part of the money back in their own pockets that they spend on school supplies for underfunded children. Because we know that a lot of teachers take money out of their own pockets so that their students have what they need, their classrooms have what they need. Right. Here's a thought. Those gently used but discarded restaurant crayons, those are the focus of Crayon Collection, which is a nonprofit organization which is dedicated to redirecting the mountains of much-needed crayons from the landfills into schools. Yes. National Crayon Collection Month draws awareness to the environmental and the social impact of throwing all those crayons away. And not only, you can either donate them to children or there's a lot of art projects. I mean, you can just donate them because somebody will make use of them, honestly. Right. Throughout the entire month, families and teachers are encouraged to ask managers of kid-friendly restaurants to save their discarded crayons. At the end of the campaign, they return to the restaurant, they collect the restaurant's saved crayons, and they donate them to the local schools. So by bringing all those simple but brightly colored art tools to the classroom, that frees up teacher resources, it puts them in the hands of children who might have gone without.
2: That's very cool.
1: So it draws awareness to the environmental impact, the social impact, the whole month if you feel free if you if you feel like you want to learn some more about national crayon collection Month, you can visit crayon collection on the web you can learn how to participate in the national crayon collection month yourself you can follow it on instagram facebook and twitter and i have about a dozen restaurants who actually participate in this already and they include ihop or applebee's cracker barrel the california pizza kitchen Island's Restaurants, Bubba Gump, Denny's, BJ's, Olive Garden, Outback, and Buffalo Wild Wings.
2: Very nice.
1: I think it would be very cool if we could get all of our local restaurants to just start participating in that and make that list so long we don't have enough paper to put it on. Yeah. That's what I think. That's pretty awesome. National Crayon Collection Month. So if Uh, any
2: of our listeners own a business that uses crayons with young children, keep this in mind. Right. Very cool.
1: Right. I it's not something I would have thought of because I don't throw that kind of stuff away. No. And there's lots of lots and lots of art projects you can do with that.
2: Oh, absolutely. All right. Very nice. Hell yeah. You have any tidbits for us today? I always Mary? have some tidbits. Oh, what are we drinking?
1: Tea. We are drinking tea because Han and I are becoming a little bit more health conscious. So today
2: Oh, and it is pouring down rain. Yeah it is. Wow. It is raining hard. Um, today I am drinking a blueberry
1: white tea, which is kind of delicate, but lovely and refreshing.
2: And I am drinking a cranberry lime tea,
1: which is also very, very nice. Yes.
2: Quite refreshing. Little. Yeah. Little, little perky.
1: Yeah. Oh well, Yeah. yeah. I, um, I feel really good about some of the changes that we've made. This doesn't mean we're going to stop drinking because guaranteed we're not going to. We're still going to bring you some amazing drinks. But today we're choosing to drink a little healthier, you know, and we are doing some amazing things to make ourselves feel better and to be a little healthier. And I'm so encouraged by even the little changes that we're already both seeing.
2: Yeah. Just remember, if you are one of those people that is interested in or looking for ways to change your life and change your health and change your lifestyle, there are a lot of little itty-bitty things that you can do. Yeah. Baby yep. steps. Don't overwhelm yourself. Yes.
1: Always, always baby steps.
2: Yep. I tell people frequently who come into work looking for for help with their health that we want to take baby steps because if you overwhelm yourself, you will quit. That is very true. All right. Johanna and I are very well known for our treasure hunting.
1: We do a lot of it, and in fact... A couple weeks weeks ago we brought you a story about some treasure hunters. Yeah. Johanna and I have both found some absolutely amazing treasures in our hunting.
2: We have. We have.
1: And then there's days like last week when the hunt basically comes up empty.
2: Comes up empty and then we have to console ourselves with a platter of nachos and a pitcher of margaritas. It's so sad. So sad. <laughs>
1: Have you actually ever thought about the people that work at those treasure hunting stores? I have. Do you? I do. I'm always polite because that's just my personality and I'm always respectful, but I've never really given it a lot of thought as to what kind of people work there.
2: I I haven't really thought about what kind of people work there. I have had the thought that I probably couldn't work at a store like that because I would want to bring way too much stuff home. I've also thought about... The abuse that they take and the unbelievably disgusting things that they encounter in their job because not all humans are decent human beings.
1: I don't know that I could work in a store like that because because I pick up a lot of vibes off of
2: objects. Yeah. When that's the other thing is when someone and brings sadness in a, comes through. Yep. When someone brings in an entire household worth of stuff and you can sense the story behind it. Yeah. I would be sad. Yeah.
1: yeah I pick up a lot of that stuff. Um, and, and I think that that emotionally and mentally would be really, really hard. So have you ever wondered what goes through their heads when they're sorting through this stuff?
2: Probably the same things that come out of my mouth while we
1: were doing this podcast. Quite possibly. Um, because they basically sort through the remnants of someone's entire life. Yeah. Frequently. Frequently, that's exactly what ends up at the thrift store. All that's left of someone's life. Yep. Their hopes, their dreams, their treasures, what they spent their entire lives accumulating in the history of who those people are. Yeah. Frequently gets dumped right into a thrift store. Well, occasionally workers at a thrift store actually give a damn about what they do. And when they give a damn, it can make a difference in someone's life. Yeah. So maybe you have a worker that goes to work and it's not just a paycheck. Maybe it's not just a job. Maybe maybe they go to the work with this attitude of it's a new adventure every single day. Right. Maybe for them it is kind of sort of a treasure hunting too. Not just for the people that come in to shop, but the people that work there. Maybe once in a while you get that worker that comes in and says it's a new adventure. What the hell am I going to find today? Okay. Maybe occasionally you have a worker that brings a piece of history back to life. We're going to talk about a lot of worker named Pam Phelps. Okay. She actually works at the Hope Chest thrift store in Bolivia. Okay. So, like most thrift stores, they receive donations, and her job is part of her job is to clean them. That's part of her everyday normal job. So, at one point in time, and a lot of times a store will receive a shipment of stuff and it just gets put into a back room, a storeroom, because Things are, there's just too much, and you just go through so much every day. Right. At one point in time, they received a shipment, and in that shipment was an extraordinarily dirty painting. The painting depicted a blonde-haired girl with a very large brimmed hat and a dog that had black fur. It was kind of cute. looked like, just looked like something that you might buy a watercolor kit from the photo that I saw. Okay. The girl is putting flowers on the dog's collar, and the dog kind of has this expression like, I'd rather be anywhere else but right here, right now. (laughs) The words on the top read Christmas number, illustrated, London News, 1889. Okay. So probably not a water kit. Probably not.
2: Which is kind
1: of the thing. It just kind of... That's kind of what it looks like. I'm going to pull a picture up for you. Okay. So I have the picture... Pulled up, and here's the painting. Okay, it's kind of cute. Sure. the puppy looks like. Um, please don't put that in my collar. Please yeah. don't put that in my yeah. collar. Definitely an old-fashioned kind of picture.
2: Definitely, okay. almost almost Norman Rockwellish.
1: Kind of yeah. So in order to clean it, the picture had to come apart, and Pam discovers a hidden treasure inside behind the picture. Okay. There's actually a file folder behind the picture. Wow. And inside the file folder is a marriage certificate. It is issued on April 11th of 1875. This is the picture of the marriage certificate. It's okay. still in pretty good condition. It is, the husband's name was William. The wife's name was Katie. The marriage took place in Bordentown, New Jersey. Um, can't read the last names on it though. Okay. So I even tried, I tried to enlarge it and I'm sure that other people have too. So Karen Smith, who is the executive director of the Hope Harbor Home, which is the charity that runs the thrift store, Okay. says that the last name on the faded certificate is very difficult to make out. And it is. I tried. But the group is hoping to find the living relatives of the certificate so that this family heirloom can be returned. I mean, we're talking almost 150 years ago. Yeah. And the marriage certificate is still Why was in, it
2: hidden behind a picture? It was in a file
1: folder behind this picture.
2: I know. So How weird. I don't know.
1: I don't know. There's a history to this marriage certificate, clearly. Um, so anyone who thinks that they can recognize it, you get in touch, you can get in touch with either the Hope Harbor Home or you can get in touch with the Hope Chest Thrift Store. You can email them at executive director HHH, at gmail.com with any information. Or if any of our listeners take a Google marriage certificate founding painting. If there's anything you recognize, if there's any information you recognize, if you feel like passing it on to Hannah and I, you may, and we will be very, very happy to pass it on. Because in my opinion, this is this is more of a true treasure than anything you and I have ever found. Oh yeah, yeah, and I would and never. We found so much, yeah, oh. we have.
2: You have something amazing sitting on your mantle that we found, and that oh, is, I do, and that is by far I do. even. Oh yeah, I know.
1: that and that book of poetry that I got. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes.
2: Yeah. All right. So, yeah. Treasures. Gary, yeah. I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Do you have another tidbit of for course. us? I have one more tidbit. Okay. Okay. Do you know anything about the American alligator? Um, Little bit, but not enough to really feel like I can share right. anything. So, the American alligator, we're
1: just going to have just a real brief thing, is also called a gator or a common alligator. They can grow up to 15 feet in length. I didn't know they could get that big. Um, They have broad snouts. They have overlapping jaws. They have a darker coloration than other alligators. Okay. Not that this is really what you're going to be worrying about if you're running from one of them. Sure. Okay. Or if you're in their jaws. How
2: fast can they travel? Do you know?
1: No, I don't. But alligators can move pretty quick, even on land. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they move quick for long distances, but definitely for short. Well, I run like a
2: drunk duck, so you know, alligators totally eat me. It's iffy. It's gonna yeah. be iffy. Yeah, alligators gonna eat me. <laughs> it's been nice um, knowing you.
1: But personally, I don't worry about alligators because I live in Michigan. They generally prefer the more tropical climates. Florida is well known for their gators that are on the golf courses, gators yes. that cross the highway. Gators that get into your swimming pool. Yes. Then a couple little tidbits on gators in Florida. Two of my most trusted confidants once assured me years ago that I would never, ever have to worry about running into a gator in Michigan. At least not a real one. Let's talk about that, shall we? Let's, let's travel to Bedford, Michigan, which is located on the eastern shore of Michigan. Yes. A distance of about three hours away. Yes. So really... Three hours from here, your climate's not going to really change. What? A three-foot-long alligator was spotted and lurking in a Michigan pond behind a high school, which prompted the school to completely close off the area. It's right behind a high school. A teacher saw the reptile swimming in what they called the biology pond at Bedford High School on on a school day. The teacher alerted the school administration and local authorities were contacted. The authorities then got hold of an animal expert, which identified the alligator as a caiman, which are not indigenous to Michigan, by the way, just so you know, they're not. Nope. But are often kept as pets. Yes. They did request that the students avoid the entire area until it was removed. So the owner at Indian Creek Zoo said that the reptile had been safely captured and had been put into their zoo, The the animal's now living happily at their zoo. Good. The owner of the zoo says that he expects the animal was either a pet that got loose or a pet that someone simply let loose. Yep. There is no Michigan state law that prohibits people from owning an alligator. Jesus Christ. There are only laws against owning animals in Michigan that are indigenous to Michigan. Oh, Lord. You weren't aware of that, were you?
2: No. So
1: here's what I have to say. First of all, if you have an alligator as a pet, why? well because it keeps your drugs safe we've already had this discussion i don't know that that was a pet that was a watchdog watch watch gator that was security that was not a pet (laughs) they're not friendly they're not cuddly they don't come when you call them they definitely don't freaking call come when you call them you really probably can't housebreak them and i don't really want to clean up alligator poop and pee but why if you decide the ownership is just not for you Freaking, just call the local zoo. Call the local aquarium. They will definitely remove it and relocate it to make sure that it's safe. You don't just let it loose somewhere. By letting it loose, even in the summertime, when it will survive the summer, you're going to devastate the local animal population. You yep. will. You will devastate the environment. And when the cold weather comes in, the animal's going to die.
2: Most likely. Guaranteed. Nope, no, guaranteed. Well, no, there are... Che- there- have been, there have been instances where they have been found in cold water areas. Somehow that it's have
1: not frozen then.
2: No, what happens is they can burrow down in the mud and hibernate, but more often than not, yeah. you're correct, they will die. The animal's
1: going to perish. So in my opinion, that's really pretty piss poor pet ownership.
2: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: How about you just start by not owning the damn alligator? They're not a pet. Those are wild animals.
2: Yeah.
1: It would be like Sasquatch coming, putting one of us in a cage. He could own a wild animal too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. So, yeah. Alligators.
2: I feel like we touch on alligators a lot in our two podcasts. We actually do. Wow.
1: Yeah. Crazy. I
2: have a story for you.
1: Wonderful. We love a good story.
2: You're like this one. Good. You might want to get some popcorn. I need popcorn for you, this? You might need popcorn for this
1: one. Wow. Love, love, I love a good story. Okay. We're ready. We're all ready.
2: All right. I would be willing to guess that most of us have heard of the Paris catacombs, the miles and miles of tunnels and catacombs that lie underneath the city of Paris and are essentially former quarries, which I didn't know. They were formed when the stone was removed to build the city. Crazy, huh? Wouldn't you think that they're gonna fall in? No. How much weight can you put on top of those empty holes? They're tunnels and catacombs. In 1955, it was decreed, for security reasons, that it was an offense to penetrate into or circulate within the network of the catacombs. Now today, visitors can take guided tours around a tightly restricted section known as Les Catacombs. Okay. Where the remains of up to six million Parisians were transferred from overcrowded cemeteries in the late 1700s. There were that many Parisians in the 1700s? Seriously? That's That's breaking. Do they know what causes that? (laughs) Well, you know, I think that they call Paris the the city of love or something.
1: Just because it's a city of love doesn't mean you can't use... some type of control.
2: In 2004, the police in Paris stumbled upon something that they, they weren't really sure what to make of. They had certainly never encountered anything like this before. The police were on a training exercise that sent them into the tunnels of the catacombs 60 feet below the surface okay. of Paris, across from the Seine from the Eiffel Tower, across the Seine from the Eiffel Tower. The police entered the network of tunnels Through a drain near the Palais de Chalas.
1: Ooh, that almost sounded like you knew what you were doing. Almost.
2: Not long into the training exercise, the police came upon a tunnel that was closed off with a tarp. With a tarp? Yes. There's some high technology right there. A sign posted read, no public entry, building site. Well, the police aren't exactly the public. That is true. And... This was pretty suspicious to boot. Building? Site? Underneath the ground? In the catacombs that are closed off to the public. So, of course, the police entered. Okay. Not far into the tunnel, the police found a desk. A desk? A desk. A desk. desk. Uh, Oh,
1: oh. I'm really confounded by this story.
2: And a closed caption TV camera. We have electricity down here. We have Wi-Fi down here. They also encountered what sounded like a pack of very angry, very vicious guard dogs. The barking is echoing off the tunnel walls. And the police freeze.
1: Well, yeah. They're probably not prepared for barking, ravaging wolf, wild wolf, dog packs of animals.
2: <laughs> <laughs> What's but in your cup, Mary? The, Jesus. Animal, the words are getting stuck around in my head. So they freeze, but... No dogs appear. Okay. So the police continue to inspect their find. Okay. They soon discovered that the CCTV setup was programmed to record an image of every person that passed by. Inside that particular tunnel? Yes. And that the dogs were actually a CD that they found inside of a sound system. So what the heck
1: is going going on? No, No, that kind of makes sense because if you had that many dogs in a tunnel, I think you'd smell them. And you'd probably find evidence of them being there. Okay. So what's going on, right? Good question.
2: Continue on, and the tunnel opened up into a pretty decent-sized cavern. And that's where this story starts to get a little weird. Oh, yeah, because it's not weird. This is not weird at all. (laughs) No weirdness here. The police found that seats for 30 people had been carved into the stone. I was going to say, is it a classroom? (laughs) And the seats were actually covered in wood. They found a full-size cinema screen, projection equipment. Is it a movie theater? A good variety of films. Uh-oh. Ranging from the 1950s classic noir to more
1: recent thrillers. That's not where I thought you were going to be watching out
2: there. <laughs> None of the movies were banned, and there was nothing offensive in any way. There was a small room off to the side with a working toilet in it. Thank goodness for that. That's good to know. Someone's got to go potty by now. And through a door in the side ca- of the cavern, the bizarre discoveries just kept going. The popcorn stand? <laughs> in the room next door, the police found an informal bar. <laughs> now when I say informal, I don't know if informal is even the right word. I don't find that bizarre. I find that... Bottles of whiskey and other spirits sat behind... An actual bar. Tables and chairs were placed around the cavern. And then the police found a fat container covered in wire, wires sticking out of it. They quickly evacuated the tunnels. They evacuated the surface. They called the bomb squad. Were the caverns booby-trapped? Were they being monitored by the person on the other end of the camera? They are being monitored by somebody. And could it be remotely detonated?
1: Ooh, that's a very good question. That's going to bring
2: the whole town down. So the bomb, bomb squad responds. They make their way cautiously down to the smaller cavern, and they're ready to do whatever they need to do to keep Paris safe. Because, yeah, if there's a bomb down there, yeah, that could be bad. You're
1: going to bring part of the town
2: down. Turns out the bomb squad should have just brought some ingredients with them. Oh,
1: my God.
2: Because the bomb was actually a couscous maker. How, how? How do you confuse the two? I don't know. Further inspection showed that the caverns were really well wired. They had at least three phone lines running to them, and they were running off of a professionally installed electricity system. Who's the electric bill in, though? Whose name? Who on earth had set this up? And why? And were they making money off of it? And how had no one in authority heard even a whisper about this? How long it had it been there? Okay. But if it's not illegal. Oh, it is. Because remember, it's illegal to be in any part of the, except for the very tightly restricted area.
1: The public. What if these aren't public people? They're private. Obviously, they're private. Nobody knew about them.
2: (laughs) And the questions just keep coming. Okay. There were two swastikas painted on the ceiling.
1: Oh, that's not good. I don't like that.
2: Along with Celtic crosses and several stars of David. So, okay, that's bizarre. Bizarre. Why? Had these symbols been put there by the people who built the cinema and the bar? Or were they, resu- the, were they the result of other vandals that were completely unrelated to the cinema? Again, who built this? Who decorated it? What's going on? Police are determined to get to the bottom of this mystery. That's their job. So three days later, three days after the initial discovery... The police returned with experts from the French Electricity Board, and they had a plan. They were going to trace the power lines. Okay. They hoped that they would find something that would point them in a direction, literally any direction, that would lead to the answers that they were looking for. But the police were in for another surprise. Any guess? You want to guess? Guess. They moved out. The phone lines and the electrical lines had miraculously and mysteriously been removed. And all of the equipment, they, all of it, gone. They moved out. Completely gone. Nothing remained except for the symbols on the ceilings and the walls and a note. That A they note? Found. Yes, a note. They found it lying in the middle of the floor of the large cavern. Did they, did they take the chairs with them, the little they, seats? No, those were carved into the stone. Okay, okay. The note okay. simply read, do not try to find us. Now, here's where I'm
1: at, okay? They took the booze, too. They
2: took everything.
1: Oh, my God.
2: How was it even possible for this to have happened? Didn't they leave anyone stationed there after the discovery? I'm going to say no. And how did they get everything out of the tunnels without anyone noticing? They went further into the tunnels. I mean, maybe you could with time and planning, but this was quick. It's organized. It's called organized. Of course, I also wonder... How they got it all in there without anybody noticing.
1: Organized.
2: Through my, another tunnel. My research did find that there are at least 300 access points into the tunnels and catacombs, and possibly more than that. Oh, yeah. It turns out that there are several secretive groups, they're known as cataphiles, who gain access to the tunnels, mainly after dark, through drains and ventilation uh, shafts. Right. Right. <clears throat> The public perception of these groups generally seems to be that their objective is to hold drunken orgies in the tunnels. However, research and various sources have revealed that they just explore the tunnels and they hold innocent underground picnics, which sounds fucking amazing to me. Hell yeah. I would absolutely do this. Fully stocked bar? Hell yeah. So a group did come forward and they claimed responsibility for the cinema to French radio. The group called... La Mexican de la Perforation, which literally translates to the Mexican of the drilling. And they are also known as the Mexican Drilling Authority, called the cinema Arenas de Chala. It had been set up 18 months earlier. Apparently, someone before them had crudely carved seats in, and then they transformed the space into something that was actually usable. A source from the group claims that there are at least a dozen more similar setups that haven't even been discovered, and with more than 185 miles of tunnels under the city, it's quite possible they may not all ever be.
1: Right. Oh, yeah.
2: Authorities have developed a police unit to track the group through the sewers and the catacombs. Good luck. With a goal of apprehending and prosecuting them. We saw how well that worked. Now, if you go online and you type in the name of this group, There's actually a lot of information available about this group. They've done a lot of really well-known things, including, and, and they're not, their goal isn't to be destructive. Right. One of the things that they did was they restored the Pantheon clock, which actually was not in our part of the world, but over there was really big news. And some of the group was actually apprehended and taken to trial where they were found not guilty, For restoring a clock. It is quite possible that they will be featured in another story we do. Because I've read some of the stuff that they've done. And it's pretty awesome shit. So, anybody up for a movie and some popcorn?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she's over here doing a little jig. (laughs) (laughs) That's an awesome story.
2: Yeah, I I thought that was really interesting and fun. It
1: is. And bizarre. And so... I have so many questions because, first of all, we do another podcast. So on the other podcast, we deal with law enforcement frequently. And, yeah, the first question is, why didn't they post people to guard the space?
2: Did they fingerprint anything down there? Doesn't sound like it. Why did they leave everything for three days before they came back? There has to be some
1: accountability of Who's providing the electricity? Um, At what point it's coming from?
2: So there is actually a spokesman for this group. They tap into public electrical lines. Mm. But the guy said one of the things that you have to be really careful about is... Not to draw so much electricity... Right. You can't that draw you, too much. ...that you set off any kind of... That like, it makes a... a discre- that it's a, noticeable. A ...noticeable yes. discrepancy month to month. Yes. Exactly. So, you know, outside of the fact that they are technically stealing electricity, I don't know that they did any harm. I understand that it's a safety thing. Right. I wish that the group would give more details the spokesman for the group whose name I'm not going to mention if people want to dig they'll they can find it he actually has published a book about various things that this group has done because they they kind of are a group with morals and goals and so well, it's it is a little interesting
1: I I feel like with all the, t- all, all the TVs and recordings and recorders and cameras that you have out on the streets nowadays, especially in public areas, and some countries um, have so much more than we do, but you would have... Had an idea or could go back and look at how they're getting in and where they're getting in at and who's getting in. And I just, I just feel like the police fell down on this one.
2: Well, this was back in they 2004 that it was discovered. No, that
1: doesn't matter because, right, if they can come in and remove everything,
2: yeah, that quietly within. Well, but as you said, he's he's this guy organized. Well, this guy straight up said, you know, they have more sight. Yeah. So perhaps you're right. Perhaps they didn't remove it. They moved it down from the tunnels. Tunnel. Perhaps you know, like to the surface. Perhaps they just moved it no. to another location. Yeah, I never the figured that thing.
1: they moved it from the tunnels to the surface. I never figured it hit the surface.
2: But I mean, with that amount of of stuff to move, tables to and chairs and bar and you know, full size cinema screen and projectors and. Yeah. Wiring and cables and... Yeah, you... And a you desk. Have to have, a desk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a sound system. Um, you do have to be organized, and you do have to have, you know, at least a decent number of people. Kudos to them for not getting busted. I am not condoning crime, but this one's kind of awesome. I was going
1: to say, are you rooting for the criminal here?
2: <laughs> not... Not so... Here's the thing. I kind of feel like this was a harmless crime. For the most part. Does that make sense? It does, but... When you cover the thing... When we cover the things that we cover on our other podcasts, this is... This is the crime where nobody got hurt. No one was hurt. It's Nothing bad happened. You know, yeah, nothing bad happened. On the other
1: hand, that mom part of me says, if you can break the rules, then you're basically telling other people they can break the rules. And if they stretch the rules in a little bit different
2: direction, what makes them more wrong than you... And I agree with that, you know. But I will say kudos for the to the ingenuity for this one man because that was pretty awesome. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: the incredible organization and shit that they have going.
2: Yeah, hell yeah, kudos to them. And clearly they have some talented and professional people who are living within this group, participating within this group. Because this isn't it was well done. It was professionally done. And yeah. 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 At some point, we will re- we will visit some of the other things this group has done because they're kind of awesome. That would be cool. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. You are welcome. All right. That was kind of fun. It was. Um, thanks to everybody that stopped by and
1: shared part of their day with us today.
2: Lent us their ear hole.
1: <laughs> we filled it well. I hope so. Um, we hope you enjoyed Hannah's story today. It was it was kind of fun.
2: I'm glad you liked it. Mm-hmm.
1: It was fun to research, I will say. They usually are. Yeah. You can find us on Facebook at Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know. You can find us at TMSIDNTK at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at TMSIDNTK. What? Yes,
2: we are. And Instagram and Reddit. Oh,
1: we're everywhere.
2: Everywhere. We're everywhere. We're like pollen.
1: Oh, dear God. Yes, we're in the air. We're floating around. We're up your nostril. We're in your ear hole. (laughs) Do you have any suggestions, ideas, comments, stories to share with us? Yeah. Absolutely send them our way. We will absolutely give you all the credit in the world when you send us your own story. I'd love to read those on the air.
2: And if you happen to be affiliated with this group and you want to talk to us, I will give
1: give you Hannah's personal phone number. You can call Mm -hmm. her and talk to her.
2: Absolutely. I (laughs) swear to God, that would actually be kind of amazing because I have questions. (laughs) I have questions.
1: So if you um, did enjoy your shortstop with us, feel free to follow the podcast, leave us a rating and review. That's super, super helpful.
2: If you have a podcast of your own and you would like to cross advertise, we are more than happy to swap promos with you. Give you a shout out on our on our episodes. So hit us up and let us know. Hell Yeah. You can find us pretty much anywhere that you
1: listen to podcasts. We're on Anchor, Spotify, Overcast, Google, Pocket Bean. I mean, we're we're literally everywhere. We're probably on almost a dozen, at least a dozen different platforms I know. now. It's pretty awesome. I know. We're everywhere. Everywhere. So obviously, you know that Han and I are co-hosting this podcast together right now. Yada yada, 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 yada. Yada, yada, yada. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. There's not a lot of much of intellectual coming from the side of the table today.
2: I can see that. I have a final thought. All right. What's your final thought? Do good, be good, and feel good.
1: Amen to that. Have Have a great great day. Bye.
0: Last time I was in Florida, this is real. By the way, this is Googleable information after the show. I'm in Florida. I'm walking past a newspaper stand. I look into the stand. The headline on the newspaper reads, Local man robs Wendy's with alligator. (laughs) What did you just say to me? I read it, I still said that out loud. It was incredible! Oh, and also, oh yeah, that's all you want to say? You don't want to add any more to that? Like, I don't know. Maybe tell us if the alligator was an accomplice or a weapon? How about that? For real. Did this guy rob a Wendy's with an alligator? Or did this guy rob a Wendy's with an alligator? There's a huge difference. Did he, start a, did he start a gang with an alligator, throw a bandana on it? He's like, we're the alligator boys now. Let's get to a Wendy's and make this official. No. So... This is how, I I bought the paper and I read the article, and this is real. He used the alligator as a weapon, okay? And when I read that, I was like, did he at least hold it like a gun? (laughs) Right? He didn't. He threw it (laughs) through a drive-through window. (laughs) Yep. Didn't see that one coming, did ya? You know who else did it? The lady at the drive through So many things have to happen before you can even throw an alligator. You have to find it in the wild. Also, by the way, how horrible is Florida that there is just alligators available to you? What was even his qualifying material? Was he looking for a specific type? Or did he just, the first one he saw, he was like, this is the one, and he took it. That was it? So this is real. This happened in Florida, a place connected to the United States where we are all living currently. A grown man with a driver's license found an alligator that day. He didn't even build a relationship with it. (laughs) He takes his new alligator and he seat belts it into the back seat of his car. I assume. (laughs) I just have no idea how else you keep it from getting into the front seat and biting you, right? I don't... I don't... Know anything about alligators? But they kind of just do whatever they want. <laughs> so he seat belts this dinosaur into the back seat,
3: <laughs> and then he
0: gets into the front seat, and he's like, "Ah, oh, I gotta make some money today." There's the wheel. Oh, I could get a job, and he goes, "No, no time. Spent most of my day on that alligator thing." <laughs> Projects. I could rob someone. He goes. I could rob a place. Places have more money than someone's. Rob a bank, and he goes, No, no, they'll be expecting that. Just thinking about it, and then he comes to the conclusion: Wendy's. They have money and chili. That's the place. So he drives his new alligator to Wendy's, okay? Pulls up to the drive-thru, and the lady at the drive-thru is like, hello, how can I help you today? And he goes, give me all the money. And she just goes, looks right at him and goes, "Uh, no, you didn't even come inside. You failed at this robbery. And the dude is so mad. He goes, give me the money in the register or I'll kill you. And she's from Florida, so she's not afraid of death or whatever.
3: <laughs>
0: she looks down at him. and She's like, no, if you had a gun, you would have shown it to me already. I call your bluff. got out of here, crazy guy. Go, go, go. And he's seething mad at this point, furious. And he's like, you know what? I don't have a gun, but hold on. <laughs> and then he palmed an so many steps in that robbery. If he had a list of things he was supposed to do, he would have thrown the alligator, looked down, and just been like, oh no! I was supposed to threaten her with the alligator first. (laughs) By the way, can you imagine being her? He's telling this guy off and he's like, "You know what? I don't have a gun?" and you're like, "Wow, nailed it. Really doing it today." And then he leads back and starts unbuckling the world's to ugliest toddler. like,
3: "Oh,
0: Hey, someone, come and see this, this is wild. And then you look back and an alligator is flying <laughs> Imagine being the car behind him. with your girlfriend? Like, what takes so long to make burgers here? (laughs) She's on her phone, you're like, do you even care? You look back from her and then an alligator soars. (laughs) From window to window. (laughs) Honey, get off your phone. They're throwing alligators into Wendy's. (laughs) This guy is crazy. (laughs) She's on her phone like, that doesn't make sense. They don't even serve alligators here. Why am I with you? (laughs) So, this dude is sitting there awkwardly with no more alligators left to play in the robbery. Probably thinking to himself, oh, you think if I ask for my alligator back? Such a bad idea to throw it. He didn't even put a fanny pack on it. Like, maybe get some money while you're in there. I don't know. So he drives off. Yeah, and he gets arrested immediately. He didn't even wear a mask. Yeah, he was like, I'm in Florida. People throw alligators. I'll probably get lost in the shuffle. Uh, No, he didn't. They remembered him. They arrested him pretty hard afterwards. The end of the article is true. It goes, no one was injured. The alligator was safely released back into the wild. At the very end of the article, it read, no drug involvement suspected. (laughs) Oh yeah, Florida? That was your sober plan? (laughs) What does the non-sober plan look like? Do you ride a horse and the alligator throws you?
3: (laughs) What happens?